0: Hey, that's pretty good. A fundamentally funky basketball game. One that was extremely fun to watch. And I think very much worth anybody's time. If you want to tune in and see Chris Boucher operating as like more of a shooting guard than a big man. Really flexing his on ball and shooting on the move muscles. Late game shots, operating out of second side action as a ball handler during this game, coming off of pin downs. Just an unbelievable wealth of things to go to given his size, his length. It's, uh, it was him flexing his muscles. I haven't seen this one before, but the St. Lucian solution. I don't know who made it up, but the first person I saw it from, and so I'll assume it's theirs. My pal Makai. You can find him on Twitter at Kai French Fry. It's just Kai is spelled K-A-I. Anyway, Makai, he he described him as the St. Lucian solution. Why does Makai care? Well, he's a disaffected Bulls fan who, realizing that the Bulls are probably trying to nosedive, has decided to cheer for the Raptors through all of this. And so the St. Lucian solution delivering for him because He's looking at the lottery, and he wants a top four pick because they want to keep it because in that Vooch trade, I believe it's top four protected, the one that went out the other way. So anyway, Makai, a good night for you, a good night for Chris Boucher, and a good night for Raptors fans who want to watch the team win at this point in time. And you know what? Not just Chris Boucher either. There's a host of guys who are starting to pop off for the Raptors, and that's what's meaningful at this point in time in the year. The fans of the Raptors, and maybe some have never been in this situation, maybe none at all, because some people hop on a bandwagon when a team wins a championship. That's part and parcel of winning a championship, is you get a little bit more clout, you get a little bit more fans. And so not all of them are tied to the, the days that weren't so glorious, the days of, you know, what, what would the record be, like 34 and 48, those types of seasons, they weren't around. So this is new for some people. But other people, they're like, oh, wow. Ben Uzo, the triple-double game. This this feels somewhat familiar. And so a team that's been obviously not winning a ton of games this year, winning this one, winning the past couple, and with standout performances from guys who don't usually hit these highs, that's fun because it's about moments. Fandom, for most people, is about something they can remember, latch on to, identify with, and that manifests in future fandom, etc. And there's a bunch of different ways for that to work out. But that's what fandom is. It's not about choosing the best team or whatever. It's about being invested. And I'm assuming most people who listen to this are invested. And good for you for being invested. It's not easy to invest in something. It takes work. So good on you. But yeah, you're invested in Paul Watson, Yuta Watanabe, Cam Birch, Freddie Gillespie, Malachi Flynn, and... To top it all off, the cherry on top of this Sunday. Chris Boucher, There's the center-turned-shooting guard, a Tracy McGrady homage, and a good one, Gary Trent Jr. with, man, five steals, but also 23 points on 25 shots. Who is the player that's most likely to do that? He's like Bulls Ben Gordon. Would he put up 23 points on 25 shots and just like get himself five steals on the defensive end? Maybe so. And a lot of jumpers too. So yeah, Gary Trent Jr. as well. Hoisting, like absolutely hoisting. And Stanley Johnson taking all of the dip, placing it on his chip as he is wont to do, and lifting offensively units for a little bit, but also completely kneecapping as well. Like it's it's the complete Stanley Johnson situation where you know he'll do some good things. You're like, nice Stanley. And then there's just this train wreck aspect to some of what he's doing out there. And the team feels it. There's so much negative spacing when he's out there. But he's just hustling. He just grabs the ball, grab and go. He's up the floor. He's, he's picking up his dribble while heading straight towards the bucket. But he turns his head and all of his body like away from the bucket. And he's just looking like, please, I have to have somebody to pass to. There's just, there's no settle to his game. And as soon as he makes one good play playing at that breakneck pace, then he gives himself carte blanche to start doing it nonstop. And that's when the problems start happening. That's when it becomes untenable for Stanley Johnson to be on the floor. Is because this dude is like Stanley time. That's what he says. Like it's <laughs> he just he calls his own shot with reckless abandon. And that's fun. You gotta love it, especially in a game like this where the Thunder have Alexei Pokushevsky, Poku, who also calls his own shot with reckless abandon, and Lou Dort, who was calling his own shot with precise abandon and put up 29 points on the Raptors. It's Fandiar Berheni, friend of the show, Blake Murphy, friend of the show, both of them alluding to the fact that Dort is built like a running back. Yes, Maurice Jones Dort. He's, you know, he's like 6'3", He has a tight enough handle that he can turn the corner at full speed. And he has the shoulders and the quads to just power through. He finds the gaps. He punches them. And he finishes at the rim. And he has that crossbow locking locking and loading mechanism type of jump shot. And he went five for eight. Could you imagine in a series where the Thunder were thinking, how are we going to defend James Harden? and have a workable NBA offense, because Dort is doing an immense job guarding him, but he can't shoot the damn thing, and now you come to this point in the season, and Dort is just slinging it, man. He's a, he's a heat pump. And, uh, well, he was in game seven anyway. He was fantastic. I think he made seven threes in that game. But anyway, didn't make seven in this one. If he had, it would have been tied at the end of regulation. But the Raptors, 112-106, to 106, they defeat... The Thunder, Moses Brown, Teo Maladon, Into Pokushevsky, Dort, Baisley, a lot of super fun players on that team. And this game was fundamentally funky because you have Chris Boucher in second side action, you have Pokushevsky and Dort running primary actions for the Thunder. Pokushevsky is just slinging an immense, an immense amount of cross court passes and like coming in transition off of pick and roll reads, just watching the, the second line of the Raptors' defense, making good reads off of that. And he had six blocks. Just an insane person to have on a basketball court. He makes no sense, fundamentally. He is awkward. And uh, yeah, awkward on a basketball court can be really bad or can be really, really good. And I think it was really good tonight. Super fun. And with the hodgepodge of players that the Raptors have, they ran a Spain pick and roll wherein the, the lob pass got picked off. But, I mean, hell yeah. Just try it out. Run some funky actions. See what happens with these guys. And Malachi Flynn, the calm of the storm, I think, just leading the guys. When he had the ball in his hands, and this is typically where it was much better that Boucher was second-side action, the beneficiary of already-turned defenses, Flynn doing a pretty good job of getting into the meat of the defense, passing out, and he hasn't been an efficient shooter. And it's it's something I noticed, too. I think he has to get his core strength up a little bit in the offseason. But when you look at him, when he's fading, he's always missing the shot, basically, to the side of the rim that he's fading to. And it's just about being able to stay square and collect himself when he's fading away. Because in college, a lot of times, he got to walk into mid-range pull-ups. But because you know NBA defense, even though it's a bigger court the defenders are more rangy, especially the big men. And so he's being contested a little bit harder, which means he has to like escape to an open spot on the floor a little bit more instead of just kind of coasting into a pull-up jumper that he can walk into. It's about, you know, harnessing the momentum from the sidestep. You know, it's the escape dribble, the gather, all that kind of stuff. And so that's something to look out for the catch and shoot numbers. I think they'll, they'll be fine. It's, he's a good shooter. He'll figure it out, but just something he has to work on. But I like him in the middle of the floor. I think he makes great decisions. And one turnover tonight, five assists. That's He's so solid. He takes good care of the ball. He, he can make high-risk passes. But I think that, you know, there's high-risk passes. And then there's high-risk passes. And this sounds dumb. But a lot of players are good at discerning which one. And they also know how capable they are of, you know, operating within each space. How often can you accomplish the goal of completing the risky pass, right? And also Malachi Flynn, I think, is good at letting, knowing when the play has fully developed and it's not there, or if the play needs to develop a little bit further to open up that lane. He reads the floor exceptionally well. And so, you know, five assists isn't really, I don't think that's fully representative of how good a playmaker he was tonight. And scoring in the fourth quarter is a very good thing. Freddie, Cam, big men doing big things. Not as big as, you know, past games perhaps, but I think there's there's a lot of quality movement to them defensively. Obviously, there's compete level on the glass that it's not fully represented in the the rebounding numbers, but it, it feels like a little bit more balanced as far as the four goes when you think about how often they box out clearing space and then allowing guys like Flynn or Boucher to come sky in grab stuff so that's that's a part of what they do and so it's not always going to be directly in the numbers but it's uh it's there you you can see it when you watch like Gary Trent Jr and Malachi Flynn aren't combining for 11 defensive rebounds because they're going up against the Behemoth Moses Brown and out jumping him or something it's because Birch and Boucher to a significantly less degree. But Birch and Gillespie, I think, are carving out space for guys to come scoop balls. So that's nice to see because I'm pretty sure they won the rebounding battle tonight, 47-46, if, if I'm correct, which I hope I am. Otherwise, I'm dumb. DeAndre Bembry had his hand at more lead ball handler stuff. If you listen to this podcast, I'm very sorry, but I'm going to be repeating myself for probably the ninth time. Bembry is not a lead ball handler. He does not stress defenses out. They can go under any screen. They do not have to guard him at the point of attack, really, because he's not a threat to shoot. And so he cannot create advantages for his teammates. And tonight where he has one assist and four turnovers, because a lot of guys are just laying off of him and jumping his passes elsewhere. It's it's just not tenable. It does not make sense. He's a conduit. He's a connector. If he's able to play off of other talented players, I think he can maximize a lot of stuff provided that spacing on the floor is already set. He can give you a little bit of ball handling, a little bit of decision-making and second side action. But when the, when the Raptors just have him carry the ball up the floor and initiate a pick and roll or something or try a set, like if they're running a pin down and stuff like that, everybody's just going to hang off of him. And it's like the action is being defended five on four. It's just not going to work. It's a tough scene. And I like Bembry. I've written very good things about him. And I think that he has a lot of high-quality NBA skills. It's just, dude, that's not going to shake out. He's being put in a position to, to lose. He's not being put in a position to succeed. So that's something to pay attention to. Paul Watson with five assists kind of coming out of nowhere. But that speaks to, you know, how the Raptors were getting the defense in rotation with their starting lineup and how, you know, Malachi Flynn getting into the middle of the floor, relocating, Boucher getting the ball on second side, or Gary Trent Jr. The the defense was turning, and a guy like Watson can be a connector too, even though that's not really what he's known for, but a guy who can make that secondary pass, who can make the read against a shifting defense, pop it out to the corner or above the break and find a guy, or even in the dunker spot or something like that, right? I mean, that's all you want to see. It's very good stuff. And Yuta Watanabe and Freddie Gillespie They gave Yuta a pin down. He turned the corner. Freddie Gillespie was hanging out in the dunker spot. Yuta drew the defense, bounce pass to the dunker, and a dunk for Freddie Gillespie. That was really fun to see. And yeah, Stanley, I already talked about him. But the Raptors, I think a super fun game where a lot of different guys showed off a lot of stuff. Chief among them, though, Chris Boucher, the 31 points. It's not easy to score 30 in the NBA. I got to tell you. As, as easy as some guys make it seem sometimes, it's a very difficult feat and an impressive one. So Chris coming out for 31. It's just, it's really nice to see. Yuta, Reggie Evans Award. I'm giving it to Yuta Watanabe. He's way more aggressive in a lot of different situations now. That's why he was able to collect four assists tonight. Is And like, here's the thing. Yuta Watanabe for a long time, and Joe Wolf on tweeted about this. I've talked about it on the podcast. The the two-point thing is where he's getting downhill and deciding to shoot it. He's just not resetting the offense. He's way more aggressive with his catch-and-shoot stuff. He's way more aggressive off the dribble. Teams have started to notice. In-game, they're noticing, and so they respond, which means that he draws more attention, which he can pass a little bit more. So 10 points, four boards, four assists. Always brings it defensively. If he's playing 36 minutes a game, he's near an all-NBA-level defender, although he's not... On a good team, he's not good enough to play 36 minutes a game. And that's not me harping on him and being mean. It's just not everybody can play 36 minutes a game on a winning team. That It just doesn't work out like that. You know, you're either the best or you're less than the best. And there's a lot of room to enjoy life and be good at something without being the best. And typically, like, 36 minutes on a winning team is reserved for the best of the best. But Yuta, he should be on the team next year. I will be... I was a, I was championing Yuta Watanabe prior to the season. People were upset at me because they're like, well, what about O'Shea Brissett? We can't not have O'Shea Brissett. And I was like, guys, Yuta's the real deal. I don't know what to tell you, but he's got to be on the team. He's very good. He's an NBA player, without a doubt. And by far, I think he has proven me correct on that. He's He's an NBA player with a bunch of NBA skills, and he defends the hell out of the court. He's really good on that end. I think we'll only get more impressive the more time he spends next guys like Siakam, Fred, and OG. Offensively, seems like he's turning a corner as well. He's always had, always had the basics, the fundamentals to do some things offensively, you know, attribute progression, whatever works out with him in the way that he's, you know, able to enhance his tools offensively. We'll see. But he's gotten to a point where dude, he better be on the team next year or he better be on another team next year because he should have a contract and not a non-guaranteed, not a 10-day, nothing like that. He should be on a fully guaranteed contract in the NBA and he should be getting minutes. So, Yudawan Nabe Reggie Evans Award, really happy with him. He just continues to impress me. He's, he'll always impress me because he's so efficient defensively. Roots efficiency is the term for people who like baseball, and he just, he always takes the most efficient route defensively. He has a great read for when to help his teammates, and the closeouts, man, the closeouts are mighty impressive. Top quick reaction comment from MZ, quote, Raptors 905 beat the OKC 405. Jamar Hines gets the A++++ for fastest grades up all time. Well done, end quote. Yeah, man, Jamar keeps that thing strapped. Quick reaction is on a level. He always has those grades really, really quickly. Jamar is is great. I'm a big fan of his work, and I I hope to see him writing more and more as these things go forward. I really like Jamar. So anyway, yeah, Raptors 905 beat the OKC 405 or the OKC Blue. I know you're making a Montreal joke, but uh, anyway, at least, I don't know. I didn't grow up in that area. I hope 405 means Montreal. I didn't listen to the broadcast, so I didn't hear all of the the references to it. So I hope 405 means Montreal. I'm assuming because of Lou Dort. And uh, yeah, anyway. Okay, this, yeah, you get it. The podcast, it's over. MZ, thanks for writing in. Listener, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. But whether you got into it in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.